Welcome to Teach Back Tuesday, where we play the most popular episodes from the previous season. This week's episode, We Don't Have to Be So Broken Down, is an episode that is going to help anyone who feels like you are stuck in a ditch and you don't even know how you got there. I also want to mention that Keep the Heart podcast will be taking a summer break and we'll be back with new episodes in the fall. So if you're listening to this episode and it's the summer of 2023, that means you. If you're listening to this episode later in life, (laughs) you can disregard that instruction. But I thank you for listening to the podcast at Keep the Heart. Let's check out this episode again. It's becoming so common to live broken down spiritual lives that spiritually healthy people are seen as abnormal. We keep trying to fix the surface things in our lives, failing to see the connection to what's going on inside our hearts and minds. The more we try our self-help techniques and experiments, the less money and time we have, but yet we're still living broken down lives. How can we stop being so broken down? Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, conference speaker, and teacher. She is passionate about teaching what to do with what we learn from God's Word. Now back to today's valuable study. You know, so much of what happens in our lives begins internally, not externally. The external things will happen daily, but our responses to the dailies are coming from our spirits. Having a meltdown is merely a symptom of a need for more spiritual health and strength. Instead of looking at that negatively, why not tilt the head and consider another angle? We all need God's help to become spiritually healthy. We weren't born that way, so God has to teach us how to master this fine art of biblical living. Let's look at four brief areas where we can cooperate with God as He trains us on how to be stronger. First, we need to manage our minds. The Bible term for this is ruling over our spirits. You are probably very familiar with the verse from Proverbs 25, 28, which says it plainly. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Now keep in mind that no matter how many times we've heard a verse, it still means very little to us if we're not applying it to our lives. Let's break down some of the words in this verse. According to the Strong's Concordance, the word rule means restraint or control. The phrase over his own spirit is one word in Hebrew, and in addition to literally meaning our own spirits, it also refers to our minds, tempers, courage, and other impulses such as anger and impatience. A roughly paraphrased version would read like this, when we don't have control over our minds, we're going to be out of control in other areas. Managing the mind requires help from the Lord. Make this an urgent prayer request and then yield when you sense God training you. Now don't pray and expect God to do all the work for you. We need to cooperate with God as he inserts situations into our calendars to train us. You won't have to ask for those in prayer. They'll show up uninvited. (laughs) You've had that happen before. The second thing we want to consider is that we need to allow God to transform us. In case you're wondering, there's a reason why I repeat Bible verses so often. It's because repetition is a key to learning. 
It helps us to transition from knowing to doing. Listen to what the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, and if you know the passage by heart, quote it as I read it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, we've heard this before, but what about verse 3? Have we stopped at verse 2 as if there's nothing else to the book of Romans? (laughs) Listen to verse number 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. All right, now let's put these three verses together for a lesson. God wants us to understand that the very least we can do is get it into our heads that our bodies are not our own. Our lives are not our own. Our minds are not our own. Our reasonable service, according to Scripture, is to present our bodies as living sacrifices to God, but not just in any condition. The Bible says that we are to be holy. This is a sacred act presenting a physically and morally pure self to God. The next step in the process is to shun attempts to conform to this world. Now that's a lot of work. How will we be accepted in this world if we don't conform to it? Exactly God's point and his goal. In order for God to transform us by the renewing of our minds, we can't afford the expensive luxury of trying to fit into cultural expectations. There's bound to be a war. This doesn't mean that we need to be weird or bizarre. It means our pattern comes from God, not the world. Which leads to verse 3. We will struggle with allowing God to transform us if we think we're just fine the way we are. Oh, no, no, no thanks, God. I, I don't need to be transformed. It's all good in the hood. Right. If we're so fine without God transforming us, why do we have such messy lives? One of our greatest weaknesses is the ability to see ourselves honestly. We think too highly of ourselves, and this includes those who have low self-esteem. By the way, don't mistake low self-esteem as not thinking highly of yourself. If we're thinking about ourselves too often, we're guilty of thinking too highly of ourselves. God's transforming power is necessary if we want improved lives. He doesn't want us to be broken down, but he won't force us to change. Have you been thinking too highly of yourself? Take that to the Lord in prayer and ask him to transform you by the renewing of your mind. Now prepare for an answer to that prayer because you're asking God to do something that is his will for our lives. Number three out of four, we can't have pet sins. What is a pet sin? It's doing something wrong and knowing it, but writing ourselves a free pass while considering it wrong for others. It's enough to say that we can pretend that we're really great saints But God knows what's going on when no one else does. Are you hiding something? Confess it. 1 John 1, 9 is another familiar verse that many people know, but not as many put into practice. If we confess our sins, the verse says, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confession is a cleansing process. 
But just like laundry, it needs to be repeated. We aren't clean permanently, not on this side of heaven, because human nature likes to sin. Some things we genuinely do accidentally, but then there are other times when we're fully aware that what we're doing is wrong and we do it anyway. Either way, we need to confess and be honest about it. Do you know what 1 John 1.10 says? Here's a verse review. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. We can fake people out so easily, but God can see our lives just like when we sit down to watch a movie. In fact, he sees more than just our lives. He knows our thoughts and our motives too. What do you need to confess? Instead of saying, I haven't sinned, or instead of saying, well, I'm not so bad, just be honest and agree with God. Admitting that we're guilty as charged is the beginning of restoration. After confession, we need to stop repeating that same pet sin. If we're serious about our confession, we'll turn from the sin and allow God to lead us in a better direction. And finally, number four, we need to regularly ask God to cleanse us of secret faults. Psalm 19.12 asks a great question and then follows it with a prayer request. Listen to this verse. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. The question, who can understand his errors? The answer is no one. So then the request, cleanse thou me from secret faults. And that's something we all need. Have you ever almost sideswiped a car because it was in your blind spot when you were driving? This is what we're like when we're trying to evaluate our own spiritual conditions. It's impossible for us to see ourselves accurately because we have blind spots. We are bound to miss something. But no worries, God sees everything. The question is this, do we want God to help us or not? If we want his help, we'll ask for it, and then we'll follow his word as he leads us into a better path. The secret faults mentioned in this verse are not just hidden from other people. Sometimes even we can't see these errors in ourselves. This is why we need God's help. Nothing is hidden from his sight, and he wants what's best for us, not just what's better. Imperfect people can't live perfect lives, so we will struggle and feel really broken down now and then. The main thing to remember is that these breakdowns can become the exception rather than the rule. God never meant for us to live broken down lives, but he knows that we'll fall, skin our knees, and then we'll need help getting up again. He is willing and able to deliver us from anything, including ourselves. Take some time to sit alone with God and talk to him about the broken down areas of your life and let him help you. As it says in Proverbs 24:10, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. That's not an insult. That's just an observation from God. He wants to help give us great strength. You've been listening to Keep the Heart with Francie Taylor. Subscribe to this podcast and be sure to follow Keep the Heart on Instagram. For more from Francie, visit keeptheheart.com for devotionals, books, Bible studies, and more. Visit keeptheheart.com today. Thank you for listening.